1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So you're going hunting, you get out into the woods, and instead of seeing animals, you find other hunters. And those interactions can range from the regular to the ridiculous. What do you do? How do you manage other hunters in the woods? We're going to answer that question and talk about a number of things relating to that on this episode. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about how do you deal with other hunters in the woods. You know, if, if you've hunted long enough, this has happened to you. You've gone into the woods and you've encountered other hunters instead of am- animals or in addition to animals, whatever the case may be. Now, people might think at first, well, you know, why why is this warrant an episode? What's there even to talk about? You know, you see people at the grocery store. How's it different than in the woods? Well, that's spoken by people who haven't seen other hunters in the woods or hadn't had any interesting experiences in the woods. So, you know, the basic rules of thumb, of course, you should have learned in your hunter safety course. You always and only shoot at game you can identify. And you're hunting deer, you only shoot when you can count the points and you know that it's legal, you know there's nothing behind it. When you're hunting turkeys, you don't shoot unless you can see the beard to confirm it's a bearded turkey, which eliminates even the potential possibility that you could shoot at and hit another hunter. You also want to be absolutely certain of what's behind whatever you're shooting. Is there any chance that that bullet or that shotgun spread could could go on even go through the target or if you miss the target could it go on and potentially hit someone you can't see or don't even know about so you always want to be careful about those things very important when you're in the woods especially public land you want to wear orange why because you don't want to get shot by other people who don't follow the same rules now if you only count the if you only shoot at a deer when you can count the antlers you know no other hunter should ever shoot at you right? Because you don't have antlers. There should not be one time ever where something like that happens. But it happened so many times that they required people to wear orange on their head and on their vests uh, in most states for most kinds of hunting with a firearm. Same thing with turkey hunting. So, you know, you, 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 you should never have an accident like that in the woods. It should never happen. And for the most part, uh, that kind of thing doesn't happen often. 
People have more accidents injuring themselves, falling, tripping over something than they do interactions or, or accidents with other hunters or firearms. Okay, so that's the public service announcement. Put that to the side and we're going to get on to the real topic. So what happens when you're in the woods and there's other hunters? Now, um, I'm just going to tell a couple of stories and anecdotes here. To, to help frame this other than trying to explain something vague. I just share things that have really happened. And I want you to assume something when you go into the woods. I want you to assume something. I want you to assume that all other hunters are kind and idiots. All right? Assume any hunter that you see is kind yet an idiot. Okay? So if they're kind, you're not going to be mean to them because they're nice guys. They're idiots. That's not their fault. But, um, you know, there's a lot of crazy things that could happen. You just have to assume that they're idiots and you need to take precautions and safety measures based on that. Are they all idiots? Of course not. But too many of them are, or at least they act like they are. So uh, here's some here's some examples. So I was out a couple years back it was the second week of rifle season, second to the last day, Friday, weekday. I went out on public land looking for does. I had an extra doe tag. I already gotten a doe, so I wasn't like in desperate need of another one, but I had another tag. I had the day off scheduled already. I thought, all right, I'm going to go out and see what I can do. So I went out to a place that I had scouted a year or two before for turkey hunting and thought, well, this is not a good place for turkeys, but it'd be a good deer spot. So I went out there, just, uh, it's a, it's a little chunk of land, maybe 30 to 60 acres total land, um, with a stream, big stream, uncrossable stream on one side, road on the other, and just a little, just a little chunk, right? Land that most people wouldn't even know was there, but of course I've got my, you know, my map app. So I'm out there and I found it. And, you know, know where I'm going. So I get there before dawn. Actually, no. No, I got there late that day. I decided, you know what? I'm sleeping in. I don't care. I'm tired. I've already got a deer. I'm just going out to have a nice day. So I got into the woods at about 7, which was just slightly after daybreak. Uh, it wasn't fully bright in the woods, but it was it was bright enough that you could see to to, to not spook any deer that were out and about wandering around. So I went in super, it had snowed that morning, which is perfect. So I'm going in super quiet, super sneaky. Seven. There are no other cars, no footprints, no nothing. I got the woods to myself. Score, right? Just perfect. And my perfect spot was just a little bit up a hillside, sitting on a big stone up against the big tree. And I was sitting there on a, on a, on a cushion and uh, just leaning against that tree, just watching the, the sun rise and, and looking for deer. Super stoked, right? Nobody else is here. So I'm sitting there. I don't know. 20 minutes go by. I hear something. I'm like, oh man, this could be it. This could be it. This could be a really short hunt, which is great by me. Then I go home and take a nap. And I look to my left and it is not a deer. It's another hunter. And he is walking in my footprints following me into the woods so he's walked instead of turning up to me you know we're we're 30 feet apart you know i'm up a little he's down a little you know we're wearing bright neon orange obviously this guy sees me i'm sitting there wearing orange 30 feet away from him 
So what does he do? He walks straight by me to the other end of this clearing, which is the clearing that I'm hunting, sits down on the other side of the clearing facing me and just sits there and hunts. Like, I don't know, 100 yards maybe. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, are you serious? You can just sit down there facing me with a rifle. Like, okay, this is just stupid. And I thought, well, how many deer, you know, are going to walk directly in between us? Surely we would have shot it by then before it reached that point. So I was like, well, all right, I'll, you know, this is dumb, but I'm, you know, here I am. I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, another hunter walks in following our footprints, walks right by me, walks right by this other hunter, walks over to the right to the other edge of this clearing and sits down facing us. So all three of us are around this clearing about a hundred yards apart facing each other with rifles looking for deer. Well, a few minutes pass. I look up, I see another hunter walking. He's walking now um, from left to right behind me, you know, um, 20, 30 yards maybe. So now he, there's another, he's behind me pointing in. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is insane. Now, first of all, you couldn't go left, right, forward, or back. Now, there's been somewhere where somebody has walked, right? There are scent trails all over this place. It's like deer, especially on public land, are not going to walk into this thing. Second of all, we got four hunters here, all facing each other in the middle of this death bowl, right? Any deer walks out in the middle of this thing, everybody's dead. I mean, you're going to have ricochets. Who knows what might happen? But so I was like, all right, I, I can't, I can't stay here. I cannot, I can't believe this is happening, first of all, but I cannot stay here. I got to get out of here because this is crazy. So I was there a total maybe of two hours, packed up, got up, just walked straight out of the woods. While I'm walking out of the woods, I pass another guy walking in, following the footprints of all these guys. And I'm sitting there like, okay, first of all, this is, this is the part I'm trying to teach you guys. First of all, if I see the footprints of four or five people in fresh snow leading right into a hunting area, I'm not going there. I'm not going to walk in into the middle of that hunting area because there's scent all over the place. Doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing, nothing is coming into that area with five guys. And I mean, you know, if there wasn't fresh snow, you didn't see the footprints, you, you know, you might not know those people are back there, but it's a little place. There's, there's not like other places you could go. You're, you're hemmed in by a creek. You're, you know, you're hunting in this little spot. So I'm like, are you out of your mind? So when you see sign of other hunters, especially lots of other hunters, don't go where they are. Because I got news for you. The game's not going to be where they are. Because they're all there. And and you can tell already. Just You just get out of your car. You walk 20 feet through the woods. And you see this path of footprints. You know some things. One, you know there's a lot of hunters in there. There's going to be a lot of scent. There's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of things that scare away deer. Number two, 
you know at least most of these hunters are idiots because all except for the first guy followed this trail of footprints into the woods, into this small area to hunt. So not only are there all these hunters in there, not only is there all this scent, all this movement, but you have idiots in there. Okay, so don't follow the footprints of idiots. And what you do, you turn around and just go somewhere else. You just find another spot. You couldn't be luckier to have the snow there to know, oh, don't waste my time going in there. So I pass another guy coming in. Now you would think this guy would take a hint like, oh, wow, there's all these people over here. No, it just says, hi, keeps going. I'm like, are you serious? So I get out to my car. There's all these cars parked there. And I'm like, this is a 30 acre piece of ground. Like if I pulled up and there were three cars there, if there was one other car there, I would have just left and gone somewhere else. There's all these cars. I pass another guy parking. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And another guy walking down the road, he had to park somewhere else because there were too many cars there. And I'm like, guys, you can all see each other back here in the woods. You're all facing each other. The, I mean, there are no deer that are going to walk into this area. So you, you got you to gotta understand what's going on here, right? You got to be able to read this thing. Now, if yours a parking area for a 5,000 acre piece of public land and there's 10 cars there, okay, that's another thing. Right, You can find a spot on 5,000 acres where somebody else isn't. All you got to do most of the time is just walk further. That's it. That's usually all you got to do. You just walk further and you, you eventually find a place other people aren't. Especially when they're all wearing orange and easy to see. Okay, so 
I leave that spot because it's a death bowl. I leave that spot. I get in my car, drive down to another area. I get there. Okay. I think there was one car there. I was like, this is a bigger area. I can find another spot. I get out of my car. There's footprints everywhere. Everywhere. I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, So I start pushing in, trying to find another area. More people start pulling in, getting out. More people. I figured out, okay, people come here. They've walked this area, gotten in their cars and left. People just come in here walking around. And I was like the 10th person there. So I was like, okay, well, this is stupid. And of course, while I'm doing this, you know, I pass some other hunters. They're at a distance. I see them from like 150 yards. So what did I do? I did exactly what you should do. I turned around quietly and cautiously and reverse course to get away from them. Why? Because I don't want to ruin their hunt. I don't want to, to, to spook anything that might be coming to them. I don't want to leave any extra scent near them. Uh, I don't want to ruin and mess their hunt up. So I'm going to reverse course and get out of there. Well, while I'm walking back, what do I do? I walk right by a deer at 30 yards from me. Okay, 30 yards. I'm, I'm hunting with a lever action 30-30. Easy shot. Easy shot. But... This deer now is semi between me and the general direction these other hunters were. And I was like, well, you know what? It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk. And um, you never know what could happen. Ricochet, anything. I was like, it's not worth the risk. Plus that deer's moving now towards them. So I thought, all right, I pushed this deer towards them. I've done them a favor. So I'm, while I'm walking out, I'm waiting for the gunshot, right? I just push this deer right in their direction, you know? So, so I did what I thought was, you know, the best thing I could do. Got out of there, accidentally spooked the deer anyway, but pushed it in their direction. Didn't shoot the deer because one, didn't want to risk a ricochet or something crazy and a bullet going in their direction. And two, I thought, you know what? That deer's going towards them. I'm helping them out right? I'm helping them by leaving them alone. I'm helping them by not shooting them. And I'm helping them by moving a deer in their direction and just letting it go. I could have tried to back out and circle around and get to the side of that deer. So I'd be shooting in another direction. But I thought, you know what? Better to let them have it. You know, who knows? Maybe they haven't gotten anything this season and this could be, you know, a big thing for them. So I backed out of there and I just start walking into the thick stuff where I'm just walking and walking. There's footprints. I'm walking, I'm walking until there are no more footprints. I'm like, finally, I have found a place I can hunt. And I pushed in so far that I had to take a break. And I sat down, pulled out my granola bar and uh, some water. And I'm, I did not finish the granola bar and two deer walked out. Right in front of me, about 150 yards, maybe 200 yards They walked out. I was like, you can't be serious. All you got to do is get far enough away from other hunters that the deer haven't been spooked, haven't been smelling people. And now here they are. But so I lifted up my gun. I was like, two things. I was like, well, this is a little far. I'm not 100% happy with the shot that I had. There was a little brush. And two, 
man, it's a long walk back, you know, like, Ooh, I don't know that I want to try to drag a deer this far. Um, and it was not easy terrain. I had to climb stuff to get out there. I was like, I don't know if I want to take a deer back through this. And, you know, had it been a nice buck, I probably would have thought, you know, thought differently about it. But another doe, I was like, eh. And I didn't have a great shot. And I was like, what if I wound it and this thing runs? And I didn't take the the less than great shot that I had. I thought, well, maybe they'll get closer, right? Maybe it gets closer and then I get another shot and I can be a little more confident. And well, they didn't. They, they eventually saw me because I was not set up right. You know, I'm holding a granola bar in my rifle and, uh, you know, I, I was just not set up right. I w- they spotted me. They left, didn't get a shot at them. And I could have taken the poor shot that I had. It wasn't poor, it was fair. You know, it was a D plus, C minus shot. You know, most people would have just taken it. I'm maybe a little pickier. Um, but I'm like, I already got meat in the freezer. I don't want to risk wounding an animal. And it was really far back. So I let that one go. Right. But because you know, I had an opportunity, had I not had a deer yet that year, I might have felt a little more desperate, a little more pushed, a little more something might have, you know, probably would have taken a shot. But that's another thing. The bottom line is I had an opportunity. But I would not have had that opportunity if I had stayed where I was. Now, here's the other side of the story. This all happened in the same morning, the same same series of events. All the while, I'm listening. I'm not that far away from the original place, the bowl of death that I was at, where all these hunters facing each other in this clearing. And all day, I did not hear a gunshot from any of those places. Not one. Not the first place, not the second place, where all these hunters were packed in like sardines aiming at each other. I didn't hear any gunshots. No deer walked into there. Nobody took a shot at a deer. And you can be sure, if all these people would sit around in a circle with guns pointed at each other and a deer walked out, they would all shot at it. You can be sure the people who would do that would shoot at that deer even though they're surrounded by other people. So, nothing. And I just, I, that always stuck with me that, you know, all those people are all stuck together, nothing. And I got out, I pushed away, I pushed deeper into the woods, I got past the footprints and got out further and boom. There were, there were opportunities. There were animals I could have taken. So the lesson there, you know, number one thing about dealing with hunters in the woods, avoid hunters in the woods. If you see them, go another direction. If you see them, adjust course. If you, if you can, if you're in a tree stand, then you're at the mercy of stupidity sometimes. Um, and it's just, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. I, uh but, you know, if you see them, get out of there slowly but surely and go find another spot. Another time, I'm set up for turkey season. I had an area I really wanted to hunt. I had scouted it, really felt like it was a good spot. There were a lot of reasons why. That's another episode. I got in there, you know, early, got set up. I'm sitting there. I'm calling. You know, I don't know. I'm there for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes. Another hunter walks up. He sits down about 60 yards away from me, facing me, 
and sits down. I mean, we're facing each other, sits down and just starts calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling nonstop. I'm like, are you serious? Like this guy, now he is camoed out. He has the best gear on. He's got an awesome looking camo shotgun. Probably cost $1,500. He's got great gear, better gear than me, better everything than me. And this guy is a joke. But he's not just a joke. He's an idiot. He's literally sitting there facing me. We are facing each other. And it's not like there's a flock of turkeys walking through here. I mean, he's just sat down facing me, calling incessantly. I remember sitting there like, are you, is this really happening? Now, what I should have done is just got up at that moment and left. But I stuck it out maybe for an hour. Um, I don't even know why, right? I was, I was very young in my hunting career at that point. Had learned some of the lessons I'm telling you. But I, su- I stuck it out for another hour, which was a terrible decision. Now, on one hand, I got to hear this guy just call every, it seemed like 30 seconds, just nonstop to the point where I was like, I should just stop calling. And if anything actually does come in, maybe I can shoot it before it gets to him. Um, But it was bad. It was really, he was a really bad hunter. He was really bad at turkey hunting. He had spent a lot of money. He had a lot of gear, but Okay, you know, anybody can be a beginner and even people with lots of money can be beginners. All right, fine. But he totally blew up and ruined my hunt, right? Just completely blew my hunt up to the point where like, I mean, he's sitting there with a gun pointed at me and I'm like, all right. So after an hour, I just decided I got to get out of here. One, it's not safe. Two, there's no chance any turkeys are coming in here that, you know, and three, this guy is just, I don't want to be around him. However, the only way to leave, there was only one way in to this area. And he was sitting on the path to get in. He's sitting on the path. So I literally had to walk right up to him and right past him to get out of here. The only way there was to get out of this spot. So I just stood up, packed up my stuff, just walked right past him, said hi, and just got out of there. But, you know, and as an entire morning, a full excursion, a full event wasted because, you know, another guy, just nice guy, just idiot. You just have to assume nice guys, idiots, you know, and had I left an hour earlier, I might have been able to get it to another spot before it was too late for that morning. But by the time I got out of there and I did get to another spot, it was too late. There was no more action, no more gobbling. It was over. So, you know, that hunt was a bust. Um, we were out hunting, oh, a couple weeks ago for duck season. Yeah, more than a few weeks ago. We're out for duck season and um, I made a mistake. Okay, I can't blame anybody else. I made a mistake. So we're hunting on a bunch of public land water, a lot of water on public land, huge, several big streams, shallow lakes, you know, good place for ducks. Um, But I, I, I didn't calculate that it was also the day we were out was opening day of pheasant season. 
And I knew it was opening day of pheasant season, but in my mind, I thought we're not in the fields. We're not in the brush. We're not in the grasslands. We are far past all of that through open timber down into the marsh, right? There should be no issue, no conflict here. Maybe we hear some people shooting at pheasants in the distance, but you know, it should be fine. Well, I was wrong. I was mistaken. I was very extra wrong. Okay. We're out there. And of course, you know, at dawn, they're just shotguns going off everywhere. Apparently all these pheasant hunters got out there before dawn, sat in the grass, waited for legal shooting hours to come, and then just stood up and started shooting into the air. I don't know. I don't know how it could have happened. Uh, like they all flushed pheasants at the same time. So, but it wasn't long. This land was crawling with pheasant hunters, dogs, whistles. They had come through the, the grassland, through the, through the cover, through the brush, through where the pheasants live, and they're just walking through the open timber. And I'm like, okay, first of all, if I'm a pheasant hunter, you know where I'm not going? Open timber. You know why? Pheasants don't go in open timber because they can't hide. They can't live anywhere. There's nothing for them to do in open timber. But these guys are walking through open timber like they're going to scare up a pheasant out of the dirt. It's just bare ground. And they've got dogs and they've got whistles and they've got bells. And they are just come, they come all the way through the timber, down into the marsh, and literally, we're within 30 yards of us walking around, just standing there, walking in circles. I mean, no, I mean, for half hour at a time. And I'm sitting here like, you can't be serious. Now, I can't, I can't be upset about it because I should have known. One, all hunters are nice. And two, they're idiots. I should have just known that. I should have gone by my own rule. I should have realized, you know what? Even though we are far, far away from the pheasant hunting area, pheasant hunters will come into the duck area looking for pheasants, even though pheasants don't live in this habitat because idiots. Should have known that. Should have just assumed that. Should have gone to a completely different area that day where there is no pheasant stalking, uh, not even close. Something separated by great distance to have a better chance at, at escaping these kind of shenanigans. Right, but still, people come within 30 yards and just hang out, talk, chilling with their dogs, just completely ruined our hunt. I mean, absolutely ruined it. I mean, every duck in that place was spooked and gone. So, all this is happening, all because just wouldn't follow my own rule, my own advice, just didn't think that people would go to that extent, but they did and they will. And if you spend any amount of time in the woods, you are going to see this sooner or later. This is going to happen. Other hunters are going to blow up your hunt. You know, you could find the greatest spot ever. You're sitting there waiting for deer or turkeys or whatever you're hunting. You've scouted this spot. It's perfect. The wind is just right. You've got all your gear out there. You were there, you know, two hours before dawn. At 7 o'clock, Hunter walks right right up to you. Just walks right up, just stops, puts their gun out, starts talking to you at full voice. And you're like, what in the world are you doing? I'm, I mean, everything I went through, they called the day off, got out here, got to this spot, 
the wind's right, doing everything I can to not move in muscle, to not make a sound. And you come walking from the worst side you could come walking, upwind, and then you're just going to stop and talk. Like, I'm hunting here. But these kind of things happen all the time on public land. You just, you can't be, you can't be surprised about it. But what you can do is you cannot be that guy. You know, if you're getting into a place and you see a guy wearing bright orange at 300 yards, get out of that place. Don't ruin his hunt. Don't be another one of those guys. He, he, may, he needs to never know you were there. You know, this just it's just being considerate. It's being kind. It's being a good steward of the woods. Don't ruin other people's hunts. They will ruin yours. But we got to try to change this thing. We got to try to turn this around. The other side of it is, if they're already there, then that area is not fresh. You see them in an area at a distance, you can know that area is not fresh. There's hunting pressure there. That person's exhibiting pressure. They're putting pressure on the land just by being there. To me, it's just as much about don't want to ruin his hunt as it is I want to find a better place where there are no people, where there is no pressure, so they increase my odds. I'm not going to walk up to them and strike up a conversation. I mean, you could do, do that at the parking area, right? You pull up, you're getting out, you're getting back in your car. Talk as much as you want at the parking lot. But once you get into the woods... You know, the worst thing you can do, most most things you're hunting, is speak out loud. That's like the worst thing you can do. You know, you don't want to do that. So how do you deal with other hunters? Well, you give them room. You give them space. You don't get close. You keep an eye out for them. If you see them, you adjust your plan, your course, your tactics. You know, learn from my first example. Because I backed out, changed course, retreated, found another area where there were no hunters, I had an opportunity to take a shot. I found deer because I changed my plan. I could have just sat there all day and been angry. All these hunters are surrounding me, pointing at me with guns, which, you know, would have been reasonable. And it wasn't safe and it wasn't smart for anybody. And I was just, I had to get out of there for my own safety, but also because there was no chance of deer coming in there and all day no deer did. But because I changed it up, because I got out of there, because I just pushed deeper into the woods into areas I'd never been, I found opportunities. Opportunities I wouldn't have if I stuck to my plan. So you gotta be, you gotta be willing to change it up. You gotta be willing to get there and say, I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna change it up. You know, my original plan seemed good, but maybe somebody beat me to my spot. So don't sit down right next to them. Find another spot. Don't ruin their hunt. They got there first. Find yourself a better place. So what do you do with other hunters if you do make contact with them and it's unfavorable contact? Well, the Bible says that a soft answer turns away wrath. You, you, just, you just need to just be calm. You need to keep your head on apologize and just make the make the interaction as brief as you can and then go whichever direction you can go to put distance between you and them you know here's what'll happen you know you'll be in a spot you got there early 
Guy will walk up to you two hours after daybreak, flip out on you for being in his spot. You know, and you could, you you could, you know, you have every reason, right, and justification to fight fire with fire. Like, I was here first. I was here three hours ago. It's not your spot. It's public land. I put the tree stand here. It's my tree stand. It's not your spot. You could, you could do all that and you'd be right. You could call the game commission. They'd probably back you. But at the end of the day, number one, this spot's already ruined because you got this guy raising his voice. Number two, both guys are carrying firearms, which should be a hint to this guy to back off. But you need to just, you need to just throw a bucket of water on this thing. Just get rid of this situation. Get out of there. Find another spot. Be gracious. Apologize even if you didn't do anything wrong. And get out of there and go find another spot. Last thing you want to do is escalate something. Then you're going to cause even more noise, even more racket, and, and risk an altercation. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Get out of there. Find another area. This is a this is a great reason to scout and have multiple options, multiple areas, multiple places you can go. Have a plan B. Have a plan C. Have an area that you know about maybe that you could go to if those plans fail. Which I've never had that many plans fail. I've never had that many plans fail. But you know, have options. Have things that you can do. Most hunters. I've never had a negative encounter with a hunter in the woods. I've never ran into someone who was anything but the nicest, most cordial person. But at the same time, I have ran into very nice, cordial people who I was convinced were brain dead. Right? They're just doing things that aren't safe, that don't make sense, that aren't considerate. They're very nice and cordial. Now, they could be ignorant. They just might not know anybody better. They might be devoid of just... I don't know, that logic that says don't sit down staring at someone pointing a gun at them. They might just might just, just don't have that in their brain. I don't know. But you do. So use your brain. Use, use your common sense. But the, here's the thing. It's even more than all of that, your odds are better if you can find a place other hunters aren't at. Your odds are better to get a deer, to get a turkey, to get ducks, to get pheasants. If you can get somewhere where other hunters aren't. Now, pheasants may be the one thing where, you know, having other hunters around may not be a negative. Push birds, move birds. Your your whole goal is to scare birds into taking flight. So that could be a thing where your odds aren't maybe worse if other hunters are around, though it is less safe, right? So whatever you're doing hunting-wise, if you're on the hunt, if you're in the woods, try to keep your distance, Try to give other people room. Defer. Get out. Don't waste time in areas that other people are already in. Find places that they're not. Give people the courtesy you wish they'd give you. And together, we can make the woods a little bit of a better place. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes for this episode. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review with a comment. Uh, It's not that I need the positive reinforcement. It's that there's almost no way to reach more people with this podcast faster and easier than by getting more five-star reviews with comments on iTunes. It affects the algorithm. It gives us more visibility, boosts us in the rankings and searches. 
It's one of the best things that you can do. So if you're able to help us out, appreciate it. And as always, send me a message on Facebook. Go to the website. Send me an email. Love to hear from you. Love to get questions. Love to answer questions. Uh, A number of the shows we've done recently have been answers to people's questions and really enjoy and appreciate doing that. So appreciate you guys. God bless you and go get them in the woods.